Good evening. It's so good to be with you here tonight. We certainly appreciate what the Lord has been doing. And certainly it's a little bit under different circumstances. But certainly we appreciate the the fact that we can gather tonight. And we are uh, here at least connecting with our church family via live stream. We can't thank the Lord enough for what he's doing and what he's allowing us to do through this meme. And we just praise the Lord for the privilege you, you give us to, to be together. Uh, welcome to Plantation Baptist Church. I, I do want to be the one to give you that greeting. Uh, Pastor Hunter is doing well. He's at home with the family. We just pray for, we ask for your prayers as we continue to uh, maneuver, navigate this week uh, that we are dealing with uh, and being in touch with the virus at this time. But we do want to welcome all that are here uh, joining us in any of our mediums, whether it's Facebook, uh, YouTube, or on our webpage. Do connect with us. Let us know where you're watching from and, and share. Share the service with, um, with your friends and family. And then that way we could uh, certainly be in touch with, uh, with those that are reaching out. So we praise the Lord for that. By faith, we will be meeting on Sunday uh, on our regular schedule, whether it's 8.30, 10 a.m. for Sunday school and 11 a.m. for the uh, other service, for the second service. We'll have junior churches available for our students and our young um, uh, and our children. And so we invite you to come and be prepared. Uh, invite, certainly as the new year has started, it gives us a tremendous opportunity to be in touch and just allow others to know about the love of Christ that we have to share. Um, this Sunday, we will continue our series in Sunday school about real Christianity uh, in our adult Sunday school classes. The teens will be meeting as well as the children, so we look forward to that. And then if you're a new believer, 
And you have recently received the Lord. Uh, our new believers class will continue in the uh, church office uh, with Brother Matt. And so we look forward to seeing you there. If you have been saved recently or you just haven't had an opportunity to have a foundational class in Christianity, we would uh, invite you to come and join us at that time. Uh, then next Wednesday, we will be having the team from West Coast Baptist College led by Dr. Mark Rasmussen. I spoke with them earlier this week and uh, they are excited. They're looking forward to being with us next Sunday, next Wednesday night um, as they uh, bring uh, an encouragement from the Word of God as well as have, listening to their students sing and give their testimonies into what the Lord is doing in their lives. Then remember that a week from Friday, that'll be next Friday the 15th of January, um, Brother or Pastor Howard Lehman's memorial service will be celebrated uh up in Sebring at First Baptist Church of Sebring, Florida. And so that will be uh, on Friday, January 15th, at, uh, as you see on, there on the screen. And so we look forward for that opportunity to, to minister together with the family, be in prayer for that as well. And we ask the Lord uh, to bless that gathering at that time. Then if you haven't done so already, we encourage you to mark your calendars uh, for January 24th for the start of our revival. Uh, it'll be four days of just time away, uh, being able to uh, meet here uh, by faith, to be able to rekindle, rejoice, and reflect uh, upon the Word of God and asking the Lord to bless that and allow us to, uh, to really be uh, encouraged from uh, Brother Randy Smith, uh, a man of, the man of God for the hour. Um, he will be preaching both at the 830 uh, and as well as the 11 o'clock, and we will have a Sunday night service that Sunday at 6 p.m. So we encourage you to mark your calendars, adjust your schedule to meet it accordingly. During the 10 o'clock hour for Sunday school, what we're asking our classes to do is to set a time that, that hour for prayer, to prepare our hearts, to encourage our hearts, to be ready to hear from the preacher and be challenged from the Holy Spirit of God to speak to us directly. Then that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, um, the services will be at 7 p.m. So not at 6, but at 7 p.m., just like a Wednesday night service, except that it'll be on that Monday and Tuesday night. So if you can mark your calendar, set your um, everything aside, there shouldn't be no other distractions going on that week, that weekend and that beginning of the week for us to just um, be able to focus on what the Word of God has to um, speak to us and, and, and direct us during those days. Then a couple of weeks after that, we do have a guest speaker scheduled from uh, Bob Jones University, the president, Dr. Steve Pettit. Uh, he will also be bringing a team of students um, to encourage our church. They will be with us on Sunday morning, typically with two different uh, messages. And so we encourage you to also uh, plan on being there on both services on that um, that February 7th, as that will be a blessing to you. Then uh, we don't want to go um, without reminding our church family uh, the opportunity to stay connected as well as do the online giving. It is definitely safe and secure, uh, but we ask you to uh, keep that in mind. Uh, stay connected through the app. Um, whenever we have any change of schedule, we send out an app notification. And so Download the app from the Google Store or Apple Store, but turn on those notifications so that if we need to send a communication to you, you'll get it instantaneously. And then emails. Um, any, any information that goes out 
on the app. It will also go out uh, via email. And so we encourage you to uh, check your email, keep us up to date with that, and reach out. Uh, just let us know if there's a change uh, of address, of email, or cell phone uh, that we need to be aware. And then that way we can stay in touch with you and uh, stay abreast of, of um, so that you can stay abreast of any changes or we can be aware of anything that is going on in your, in your life as well. We're going to move our service and, and just um, come to what we traditionally do on a Wednesday night, a time of prayer. And obviously this week has been a little bit different. And so if you could uh, pray with me in, in the area of health, of work, and certainly our nation. We are in need of that at this moment, at this very hour. And so if we could uh, pray together in these categories, that will lead us in prayer. But we just ask that, that, um, that the Lord would intervene. If there's a particular prayer in, in mind that we need to be aware of as a church staff, uh, please do not hesitate to text, email, um, or um, use the app to notify us and let us know that. And we will definitely uh, take it to the Lord in prayer in, in combination with you. But let us go to the throne of grace at this time. Dearly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. Father, we thank you for just simply the word of God in our lives. Lord, we cannot go without just simply taking a moment and thanking you for the goodness of God in our midst. Father, despite the changes, despite the challenges, despite the, uh, uh, the things that we're having to deal with at this very hour, Lord, I just praise you that the word of God never changes. That regardless of the circumstances, regardless of, of the attacks, regardless of whatever else is going on, Father, the, the man or woman of God can rejoice because of the goodness of God in our lives. Lord, we thank you for the fact that you can indeed um, uh, shield us. You can indeed protect us as your word declares and promises. Father, we praise you that you can indeed uh, lead us in the right direction according to your word. And Father, I just ask that um, as needs have been shared, some private, some uh, public, Lord, I just pray that you would meet them directly. Lord, I, I come before you knowing um, the, that there are families affected with the virus at this very hour. Lord, we just pray that you would intervene mightily, that uh, we thank you that uh, the effects have been mild. But yet, Lord, we just pray that uh, you would, uh, your healing hand would just be upon it. Thank you for answering prayer already, as we have seen this week in this area. Lord, we also pray for Miss Judy Delagaida. She is uh, uh, going through her treatments. Uh, Father, I just pray that you would uh, just encourage her heart and strengthen her, especially as uh, she has family coming. Father, that the light and the joy of, of the gospel would radiate through her. Uh, that, Father, that they can also see the love of God in her life. Lord, I pray for uh, those situations that are, are beginning in this new year with work, Lord. Um, so many uh, have uh, started new endeavors, uh, but others have uh, been in a position of loss. And, Father, I just ask that you would just uh, move mightily in their lives. That, Father, the provider who you are uh, will continue to uh, be a light to them. Lord, your word says that you will not forsake the righteous. You will not forget the righteous. And Father, I pray in, in, in that way for those that are affected at this very hour. Lord, we come before you as, as, a, as your people. Really, Lord, asking you for your help for our nation. Lord, um, only you uh, are in control. And Father, 
we as your people just beg for mercy. We, we beg for your direction. We beg for your intervention. And Lord, we just ask that, that um, through it all, um, you would be glorified. Father, that through this time of uncertainty, through this time of change, of challenge, Father, that you would comfort uh, the believer knowing who holds our tomorrow. Lord, that those are not empty words, but those words um, do have direction, do have meaning. And Father, that they can encourage the believer in every way. Lord, I beg for your help in this way. I, I, help, I pray for um, just your mercy upon our land. And Lord, that uh, um, as we live the days that are ahead of us, that Father, that you would use us as a light and a beacon of, of truth and hope uh, of those around us. Lord, um, we certainly do not and cannot predict what is to come. But Father, I thank you that you can. And that you do hold it in your hand. You control our tomorrow, Father. I just pray that you would find us faithful. I pray that you find us obedient. And Father, I pray that you would just simply use us um, to declare the goodness of God in our midst. Lord, I love you and I thank you. And I just ask for your boldness uh, in our testimony. Your boldness in our speak. Your boldness, Lord, to declare the truth of the word of God to those uh, that you bring in our midst. Lord, we love you. We certainly thank you for the work that you have begun. We ask all these things in your precious son's name. Amen. All right. If we can turn your Bibles to two passages in particular. Uh, the first being Acts 4, 13. And then also, that's in the New Testament, all the way in the, in the Old Testament, the fifth book of the Bible, that would be the book of Deuteronomy, starting in chapter 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31, um, as pastor reached out and asked me to, to step in today as we begin this new year, um, there's that level of excitement, there's that level of uh, opportunity to, to see what, uh, what God will do uh, for our church and in our church, especially in this new year. Um, I don't know you, but uh, certainly for me, there's always something that I'm asking the Lord to do in my life. And so as, as you look ahead at this new year, uh, whether you're bringing up the, the, the commitments and the goals that you had for 2020 and now in 2021, um, wherever that may be, whatever you're looking ahead, um, there is a, a reminder to each and every one of us, especially the Wednesday night crowd, um, the crowd of, of committed believers. Uh, but perhaps you're here as an uh, watching or listening online and uh, as someone who has invited you, uh, and Christianity may be new to you, but we just ask that you would uh, just follow along and, and, and dive into God's word with us. We know that it is truth. We know that, uh, that we can stand upon it, that his promises never fail. And so we just ask the Lord to, to bless it in that way. So if we can um, uh, look at, at, these, uh, at the text, uh, we will begin to see and understand that as... Things are changing as, as things are becoming new in this new year. Um, that if the Lord has put a desire in your heart to chase after, to put as a goal in your life. Um, we just simply ask that if you would open up your heart to the thought of you becoming a man or woman of God. And one can say, well, I'm a believer. I'm, I'm born again. I'm saved. And, and those are all true. And, and the miracle of salvation is the miracle of the moment. But the process of sanctification, 
It's a process of a lifetime before here, uh, while we are here on earth and before we, we go into eternity. And so as everything continues to change around us, regardless of the circumstances, we know that God never changes. And so as the title indicates that you too can become a man or woman of God, it's certainly a desire in my heart, it's certainly a desire in pastor's heart um, that just because of a public office, it doesn't mean that we cannot have that desire in our hearts privately. Unfortunately, we do not have good examples in the world around us. But Pastor came across uh, an old book. I try to look for it on Amazon and uh, only antique stores have it. But it's titled Daily Experiences with God. And the author was Andrew Murray. And we are given an insight on how we can fulfill this purpose for this year through the writing of Brother Murray. And so we're going to share a little bit of scripture, a little bit of, of what, the, uh, what Brother Murray has shared in his book. But as we look at this new year and, and you look at this uh, goal, this purpose of becoming a man or woman of God, um, we, we have to have a foundation understanding that that is a desire of God for your life. And so throughout the Bible, men are referred to as men of God multiple times. Uh, we can look at the, the, the title for David, King David, uh, as a man of God. We look at Elijah as well as Elisha. And then in the New Testament, we'll look at Timothy, that he is referred to as a man of God. However, and honestly, I had never heard of this man. I'm sure I've read through it like everybody. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 35, verse 4, there was a man named Igdalai. Igdalai. And the Bible refers to him as a common man. But yet he was described as a man of God. A common man described as a man of God. And so the truth is that even a nobody like Iqdalai, like myself, can be a man of God. You don't need a public reputation like a preacher or a deacon or a Sunday school teacher or even an evangelist to be used of God and become such a person. In Acts 4.13, one of my favorite verses in the Bible in the last 10 years, Peter and John are standing before the Sanhedrin after being used of God and they are being examined by the theologians. And we've had an opportunity to break down this passage in the past, but I just want to remind you what the Bible says. It says, Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And so, just like the theologians, the, the men that, that studied the Old Testament knew it by heart, saw these two common people, Peter and John, who were not part of the Sanhedrin. They were not the best of the best, but they were simply labeled as unlearned and ignorant men, yet they were bold because they had been with Jesus. And that, would, that is the desire of all of our hearts. That ought to be the desire of all of our hearts. That Jesus is the one that makes that difference. That when others see our lives, even in 2021, they have to wonder, what is different about you? So, first point, if, if you're taking notes, we would beg you to do so, whether electronically or on paper. 
we want to understand that there is a description for the man of God. Point number one is, is found in Deuteronomy. So if you can go back to the Old Testament, fifth book of the Bible, where we have a description of, of um, understanding the man of God. And here Moses is referred to in chapter 33 verse 1 where Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And so the Bible labels Moses in such a way, but really the text begins in Deuteronomy chapter 31. And if we can stick a, a quick look at a few verses there, the Bible tells us that, And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I am, the hundred, I am 120 years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord has said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. So we know from here that, that Moses is at the very end of his life. He is basically giving his farewell speeches. He is making his goodbyes. But then he continues. In verse 6 he says, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, He it is that doeth that doth go with thee, he will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Verse 7, the Bible continues and it says that Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage. For thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. Quite a charge. If we jump ahead to verses 12 and 13, the Bible tells us that Moses continue and he basically charges them with say, and saying, Gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear and that they may learn and fear the Lord your God, and observe to do all the words of this law, and that their children which have not known anything, may hear or learn to fear the Lord your God, as long as ye live in the land, whether ye go over Jordan to possess it. And so the Lord is charging Moses, a man of God, to be reminded, to give a blessing. And that's what he does in verse 33, but as he's describing, he's giving them a formula in verse uh, 12 and 13 of basically saying, hey, Hear the word of God. Learn it. Fear the Lord. Observe to do all the words of his law. And so just like it was true then, it is true today. And that reminder of being strong and courageous, that is the call to every believer. That as we are to be described, to observe to learn, to apply, to hear, to pass on to our children. That's the call and the description of a man. And so, as Brother Mary described it eloquently in his book, he puts the description in this way. The man of God is a man who loves God. Chosen and sent by God, he walks with God. The same way, parentheses if you may, that Enoch from Hebrews 11 is described in Genesis. A man that walked with God. So that by faith God moved in his life. 
So he is a person that walks with God, Mary continues. He lives in God's fellowship and carries the mark of God's presence in their life. He is a man who lives for God and God's will. His whole being is ruled by the glory of God and he involuntarily causes men, other people, to think of God. His one desire is that God should have that place of preeminence in men's heart. Not only in his heart, for God to be preeminent in his heart, but those of those folks around him. That God would be preeminent in men's heart throughout the world, not just in his little Jerusalem, but throughout the world. And, and, and when I read that description, it, it reminded me of a, of a dear lady right here in our church. Uh, a lady that I love, a lady that um, when we first came here, um, her children were still here at church. Now they're grown and gone. Uh, but in the last few weeks, God used her and he heard her prayer to be used of God. And so as she was faithful and, and at work, um, someone came in and she was able to, uh, in, in the process of, of doing her regular job and whatnot, share the gospel simply because this individual saw a light and a joy in this person that they had not seen anywhere else. And just as it would be, uh, that enabled her to invite this man to come to church a couple weeks ago. And that man came and he sat right uh, to my left uh, on the west side here on the first service and, and just hear the word of God for the very first time in his life. See, God used this lady to plant the gospel seed in his heart. Used the preaching of the word of God to be able to continue to open and, and, and pour into this man's life. So that after the service, we could take a Bible and show him how he could be saved. And that morning, a couple weeks ago, that man prayed to receive the Lord. That's the miracle of salvation. That's the moment that the veils were open, that the eyes were open, and that the light and hope of Christ enter into his life. That's the miracle of salvation. But then, as Wednesday night would be in that process of discipleship, the miracle or the process of sanctification has begun. So that we can understand what God is after for each and every one of us. To grow in Him. The reality is that this is completely opposite of what people think of today. When we look at this description of an individual that is led by the Lord Himself. That his or her desires are guided by what God has for them. So my question would be, is that you tonight? See, this is a person that God is calling us to be. Completely surrender. That God is preeminent in our life. And I don't know if circumstances led you on 2020, but my prayer would be that in 2021, that God would be preeminent in your life. So, second understanding that we're looking at today is the reality that this is the man or woman that the world... And God needs. This is the individual that the world and God needs. You see, why you may ask that, Brother Mary described it, described his reason this way. This individual is needed because the world by sin has fallen away from God. 
Because in Christ, the world has been redeemed for God. God has no way of showing men what they ought to be except through men of God. God could have called angels to declare his truth. Yet he's chosen us, jars of clay, to carry the hope of the gospel to everyone who would listen. In whom his life, this is God's life, God's spirit and God's power are working. This is why we are called to become men and women of God. Jesus gave this promise to the disciples in John. And so if you can turn your Bibles to the Gospel of John. John chapter 14 is a, it's a very familiar passage. Hopefully your, your Bible should already be going to the Gospel of John from our series on Sunday mornings. Um, pastor is on a hiatus from that at the moment, but he will be coming back. But as you look at chapter 14, this is the very last week of Jesus' time here on earth. As a matter of fact, he was days before going to the cross. He's having a very intimate conversation with his disciples. And you know the dialogue in chapter 14. It begins to, to take place with the thought of him leaving. And, and so they're starting to speak. But as they're going through the, the vineyard, Jesus is comforting the disciples and telling them, this promise, starting in verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter. Capital C in your Bibles. That means that's the Holy Spirit. That He shall abide with you forever. So, at the moment of salvation, the miracle of salvation takes place. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit of God come and, comes and dwells in our lives, in our heart. And at that moment, we become the temple of the Holy Ghost. No longer a temple made by hands, but our hearts become the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. And so in verse 20, the Bible continues and it says, And that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me. But by the way, and I in you. Verse 23, the Bible says, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and he will come unto him, and make our abode with him. And so, the, the fact that God needs us to carry the gospel, the fact that the world needs us to carry that gospel, but yet, Jesus' promises that he would be with us, that he will equip us, that he will enable us. So, just like Jesus encouraged the disciples, he does the same with us today. There's no difference. Just because he said it to them, doesn't mean that we're exempt from it. Because we need it just as bad as they did. He is needing us to show the world the love of God. In display, and this is where it gets personal, as your personal testimony through our lives. That's what we're called to be. That's what we're called to become. That we are to become a man and woman of God that is in display for others to see what God has done in, their li in our lives. So just like he did with Igdali in the Old Testament, again, a common man, God desires to do the same thing with you too. His desire is for you to become a man or woman of God by applying these principles. And so if you're taking notes, this is our third point, to look at these three things. First, we become a man or woman of God by the work of the Scriptures 
in our lives on a daily basis. These days that we're having to have restrictions or have inabilities to come together uh, for one reason or another, more than ever, we have in our hands the Word of God. And that is no replacement for the fellowship that we're called to have, even as we see the, the, the last days. But yet, it's the commandment of the Lord. If you can please turn your Bibles to the book of Second Timothy. Second Timothy in the New Testament. Paul is encouraging Timothy there as a, as a young pastor and in, in, in charging him with, with the importance of the Word of God. And so if we can take a look at this passage together in the New Testament, Second Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. And if you get there and you, have not, you do not have this passage underlined, I would beg you to do so. Take an ink a pen. I prefer blue. But whatever color floats your boat, but look at this passage, underline it, make it yours personal, because this is why we need the Word of God. Here's a promise. All Scripture, not just some, but all Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, every dot above an I, every crossing of a T, every dot and tittle, the Bible says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all, not just some, but all good works. What does this mean? See, the Bible tells us, and we share this in the New Believers class, the doctrine refers to that the Word of God teaches you what is right. So I don't have to wonder, am I living in America or am I living in another place? Is this right or wrong? No, the Bible tells us whether it's right or wrong. If he calls it a sin, it's a sin, whether it's here or anywhere else around the globe. It's good for reproof. What is reproof? The Word of God teaches you what is wrong. So what is right and what is wrong? Correction. The Word of God changes you so that you can live a life that is obedient to God. When I first got saved, I didn't know what I, would, what I was saying was a sin. I didn't know what I was thinking was a sin. But as I dove into God's word, he began to transform. See, the process of sanctification is for God to transform your heart and mind. Not to conform you into a rules and regulations to follow. No, God wants to give us, give us liberty from sin. And so in that process, that correction is for a transformed heart and mind. Then it's good for instruction. The Word of God instructs or coaches you to stay obedient to God. That's the promise from uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. The value of the Word of God. The value that is needed so that when opinions come, whether at a family gathering or at work, you can stand upon the Word of God and say, well, this is what the Bible says. Some may call it old-fashioned. Some may call it it's an allegory. But no, it is the literal Word of God. Inspired. He breathed it. One author. No contradiction. Forty scribes over 1,500 years. Proving that he wants to have a personal relationship with us. And so... The first point in becoming a man of God that you can be is by emphasizing on the work of Scripture in our lives on a daily basis. And number two is understanding the indwelling of the Holy Ghost in our lives. 
If you can please turn your Bibles to 1 John. So keep on going to the right towards the end of the Bible. 1 John right after. Um, if you come into the book of Hebrews, you're getting close. But 1 John gives us an indication. It's a continuation, if you may, of the Gospel of John. But in 1 John chapter 4, the Bible has a promise for us regarding the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So here's what John is writing to believers. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us. Because He has given us the Spirit. This is a continuation of what He told the disciples in John chapter 14. That He would send the Comforter. Hey, Jesus is giving us the Spirit. And so in verse 15 and 16, He continues and He says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God. In other words, they are born again believers in Christ. God like we mentioned earlier, dwelleth in Him. And He, that individual, in God. That's where we get the doctrine that we have a relationship, a personal relationship with God, not a religion. And so, in this relationship with God, the Bible promises us that when we confess Jesus as the Son of God, therefore we are born again, God dwelleth in us. And we in Him. Then verse 16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. So that reassurance, that, that confirmation of the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And at one point... Um, I love hearing from new believers. They'll sit in church and, and they'll come. And I can think of one right now specifically. That almost every time I run into them heading out of church. They, they, they will say something like. How does pastor know that I needed to hear that? The truth is pastor doesn't. <laughs> but when the man of God is filled with the spirit. Speaking the word of truth. Those that are listening, the Holy Spirit has a message for. And yes, a preacher might not know the details. Or we, won't, we, we really don't. But the Holy Spirit does. And that's how intimate God wants to be with His children. That's that aspect of providing spiritual nourishment the very moment we need it. That's what the Bible talks about, not being forsaken nor forgotten. That's what the Bible talks about, Him meeting our needs and being our supplier. We always think about those words in the physical aspect, but in the spiritual one, it's just as important. And that's the truth of the Word of God, that He wants to indwell us. He, he wants to be in sync with us. And we're called not to quench Him. We're called to walk in obedience. And so we see the, the importance of the Word of God in our lives on a daily basis. We see the importance of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But then thirdly, it's the importance of prayer in our lives. And Brother Mary explained it this way. It is in the secret prayer habit of a daily life that we learn to know our God. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul encourages the church and says, Hey, we are asked to pray without ceasing. That is, without stopping. So whether I am walking in the morning, whether I'm driving to work in, in the afternoon, or home from work in the afternoon, I am to be praying without ceasing. As I'm going into a meeting, or in the meeting, or coming out of a meeting, I am to be as a child of God, a man or woman of God, 
I am to be in prayer at all times. So when we understand what is needed to become a man or woman of God, if we can recap it in this way, remember that the description of the man of God, does that fit who you are today or where you've been in this last year? If others were to take a survey and, and, and really look at your life, whether it's your family or your co-workers, the people that know you best, would they say that you have those characteristics of a man of God? Do you understand the need that God has for you, but in the day that we're living in, that our America, our world needs you to be a man or woman of God? Do you understand the reality of that? But thirdly, do you understand the confirmation of the need to become a man or woman of God by His Word, by His Spirit, and by prayer? God wants us to commune with Him. He gave His Son to shed His blood on the cross so that the veil that separates humanity from God would be torn so that we can have access boldly, the Bible says, into the throne of grace. Do we, have, do we activate that or do we take that for granted? May we remember that that's what we need on a daily basis. The reality, unfortunately, or, is that it does come with a warning. And some may say, well, yeah, I want to get there and that'll be great, but I hate to start and then fail, Right? The truth is, and Brother Mary shares it this way. We see that being a man of God means a separation from every other interest that does not bring honor to God. And this is sobering. Because we are then to assess, is there something in my life, is there an activity in my life, a relationship in my life that is not bringing honor to God? Because the reality is for us to be able to execute and, and really uh, accomplish this goal for our, for our lives in this 2021 is that we need to receive and accept the fact that this takes focus. This takes determination. It takes separation. It takes preparation just like an athlete would prepare. Are we willing to do that? And you may be sitting at home or standing up or walking, whatever you may be doing at the moment, and you may say, I ah, forget it, this is, this is difficult, this is impossible. The reality is that Jesus said, with men all things are, with, excuse me, with God all things are possible. The warning in reality is that we will fail. That's a sad truth. We will fail. And if you've heard me speak before, you know I do not like to fail. That is my one fear. I don't like failure. But if we sign up for this, we're guaranteed to fail if you do it in your strength. If I do it in my strength. That is a sure way to fail. We may have a little bit of success. But when we do it in our strengths and not in His, we do fail. But if you do allow God, and that is the allowing part, because some will not allow Him to work. 
If we allow the power of God to thrive in our lives, then we will succeed. But it is that aspect of allowing. Because how many times do we find ourselves, I would love to do that, but not now, God. But if the Lord is moving your heart and it's convicting you of the need to stand up, to rise up and become a man or a woman of God, it starts tonight. Remember Paul's encouragement to the church in the same book of 1 Thessalonians 5.24 specifically. Faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. God is calling you. God is calling Plantation Baptist Church. God is calling the people of Plantation Baptist Church to become men and women of God right here in our community and throughout the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the minutes that we have been able to share together tonight. Lord, thank you so much for your word and for the opportunity that we have at this very moment to still open it with liberty, with freedom. And Father, may we not take that for granted. Lord, I thank you for the privilege it is to, to stand before my church family, Lord, um, a family whom we love, a family that um, we have invested in and with. Lord, thank you for the work that, that you are accomplishing. But Lord, um, the past is the past, and Father, you are still interested in allowing us to grow more and more closer to you. Father, that if we are sitting at home or wherever we may be listening to this message, that we wouldn't find ourselves limiting what you can do through us. May you not find hearts that would say, oh, that's for so-and-so, that's for this other person, but not for me. No, God wants to do it through you too. And Lord, I just pray that you would find willing hearts that would be surrendered to whatever you would have for your church in this very new year. Lord, I pray that you would give us a burden for the people around us, our neighbors, our family, our friends. Father, that um, in this time of uncertainty, Lord, that we know who we can trust. We know that we can trust you for eternity, but even more than eternity, Lord, we can trust you for our every day. Lord, I pray that uh, if somebody is watching and, and they just don't have eternity secure, I pray that they would reach out and I pray that they would take your word and, and, and just be able to open to the gospel of John and, and just begin to read and, and know the love of God that they have, that you have for them. That you sent your son to die on the cross for their sin and that because of that sacrifice, they don't have to spend an eternity separated from a holy, holy, holy God. Father, I pray for your blessings. I pray for your direction. And Lord, I just ask that you would uh, use us in that great and mighty way in this new year right here in South Florida. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday.